Hi, my name is Ashley Shine. I'm an actress, a writer, and a comedy superstar. And you're listening to Chasing Dreams by Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams Podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode 145 of Chasing Dreams. This episode is sponsored by our Patreon campaign supporters. Thanks to all of you for your support. For more information on our Patreon campaign, and or if you'd like to donate a dollar a month to help keep the show going, you can learn more at amyj21.com slash Patreon. This episode is airing in June 2018, and as an ally, I'd like to wish a happy Pride Month. To all of my LGBTQ listeners, in honor and recognition of Pride Month, I have someone you'll want to hear from. Please welcome Ashley Shine. She was born and raised in Dayton, Ohio. After studying theater at the University of Toledo, she decided to relocate to Los Angeles to pursue a career in television and film. Ashley's first movie opportunity came in the summer of 2007 when she was offered the role as Melanie Johnson in the feature film Johnson's Family Dinner. She has since been cast in national commercials print, and several web series, and she is best known as Natalie in the hit series Dyke Central, streaming on Amazon. She's also the founder of Rainbow Bright Comedy, a POC queer improv team, and she's here today to share her story. You guys are going to love it. Here it is. Hey, Ashley, how are you doing? Thank you so much for tuning in, especially given the time difference. Thank you, Amy. Oh my God, are you on the East Coast? I totally am. totally been there. I realized that it's like eight o'clock. So Anne and I, and so guys, Anne Aquila, who was a previous guest on the show um, and has revisited us. If you are a Patreon member, you can see that interview again of how she's doing um, on patreon.com slash Amy J 21. But Anne suggested that Ashley come on the show. And so Anne and I met when she was on the East coast. So I'm not sure you know. She had a life previous to that West Coast thing she's doing. I did not know that. There, there are secrets here. No. <laughs> <laughs> you tell her know. you know you know about her past life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So I'm on the East Coast, but I appreciate it because you were kind of like in the middle of a probably a busy day. So, you know, utmost graciousness. Yeah. Thank you. For saying yes, especially oh, no. thank you, Amy. <laughs> especially because we're I'm record we're recording during Pride Month, and I know you're very busy with activities, probably preparing, practicing, got a lot going on. So much appreciated. Yes, we do. <laughs> so let me ask you though you you are an actress, you are a theater owner, you, you, I mean improv organizer, owner, founder. What got you into that? Has this been a lifelong dream to be acting? So, um, it started off when I was a young child and I would not answer to my own name. 
um, certain days or times of the day. Also, I did about four to five wardrobe changes. So my mom took me to therapy because she could have swore something was really wrong with me. Um, after much testing, they were like, I think she just wants to be an actress. And so <laughs> that's where I kind of like got my start. But it wasn't easy for me because I grew up in the suburbs of Dayton, Ohio. Um, I grew up in Troutwood. So our town was so small that we just didn't have a lot of theater around. So my mom put me in like a Dayton opera group. And I was just like, okay, this sucks. But the opera was really nice with being able to see like performances and people on stage. And that's how they actually made their money. But as far as myself, in order to achieve that like burning desire to be an actress, I remember in the sixth grade, I put on a play. Um, this play probably would not fly nowadays because everyone is so like closed minded. But the play only had female characters and maybe oh. one male character and even all the boys in my class decided to cross dress and play girls so they could be in this play really <laughs> that is so cool it was really cool and we had to like actually like do all the scenery and the costumes and so my teacher um rest in peace um andrea takis she was one of the women who supported just this burning desire for me to be on stage. So she's the one that was just like, okay, if you want to do it, then you are in charge of it. And that was probably my first start. And then from there on, I even paid for, um, I saved like my allowance and I paid for a college theater course. <laughs> one summer. Wait, wait, wait. How and, old were you? Uh, <laughs> I was 14, but I was just determined. I was just like, okay, I have this much money for um, my school lunches. If I use like 75 cents to get a soda or, and then I pack some chips, I'm good and I can just pocket the rest. And by the end of the, like that school year, I had enough money to actually enroll into a college for theater. Yeah. Are you telling me you had the wherewithal, the, the strength and determination to save your lunch money for what was it? Probably 180 school days or whatever to go to a college class, not an amusement park. Not a concert, a class. Yeah, I really wanted to go to a class and I was very excited because I was able to perform at the end of class and that was just the most important thing to me at the time. Was the class worth it? It was. I learned a lot. I mean, um, to be honest with you, I grew up watching like Star Search. So like Beyonce and all those people were on there, Tia and Tamara. Those were good And times. I was just like, I yeah, I was like, I want to be in that show as well as Double Dare. <laughs> they're making the so re- for me. They're rebooting that. I know. I was like, why wasn't I called in for at least the host? <laughs> it would have been cool. <laughs> You would have given the other hosts potentials a run for their money. I think. I think I would have. I think you would have. I think I would have. <laughs> Can I ask you a question about something you said earlier? And yeah. it may be too personal. You said your mom 
uh, took you to therapy because you kept changing dresses. You kept, you know, having a little bit um, of a personality. Did you think that there was anything that needed therapy yourself? No, I just didn't know. You know, it takes a second to realize those people on TV are actually real life people, especially from the small and to to realize they actually don't live in the TV. They actually are living beings that are making money. I just wanted to play and be and do pretend and so you didn't think I mean, anything my grandmother, of it. I didn't think of anything of it. And then my grandmother was good because, you know, we didn't have TiVo back then. So, like, if she needed to go check on the cooking, I would be the person that would reenact the soap opera <laughs> part that she missed. <laughs> Which soap are we talking? Oh, of course, The Young and the Restless. I was a days of our lives girl and a general hospital girl. Oh, yeah, I think that she watched those too, but like... Well, Young and the Young Restless and the was like, what, the longest like, running and probably back in the day, the most popular, I think. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was so scandalous for a five-year-old to be saying <laughs> Yeah, but you probably had no idea what you were saying. <laughs> no, whatsoever. But I was watching it today at the gym and I was just like, oh, my goodness. Right. <laughs> The reality of what was I thinking when I did that at that age? Yeah. Yes. And what was my grandmother thinking? <laughs> so you did this college course at 15, probably. I, I'm guessing that you were. And in Ohio. I turned 15 in the summer in July. So okay. I had one of the latest birthdays. So you're you're still a teen. Before college mm-hmm. age, taking a college course, you just wanted to act. You acted. Where do you go from there? You didn't save up for another year of, to take another class just to act, did you? No, I didn't. I ended up starting to do the whole college prep. And then, unfortunately, my parents went through a very, very ugly divorce. And so um, I kind of just went into my shell. I didn't start acting again into college. And, wow, that was that was. That was different because at first I just thought, you know, acting is about just saying lines and like feeling it, but it's so much more to that. Well, so did you go to college for acting or you just kind of picked it up with the theater club or I something? Did. I did. I went to the University of Toledo and um, I was on there and um, I took up theater as a major. And so that gave you the exposure that kind of solidified for you. Yeah. Acting. Yeah. I knew that I definitely wanted to be like, try my neck in film and TV. Um, theater is always amazing because you get to know if you suck that day, that second, that line, you know, the audience really is like, like yeah, there. it's totally and, alive. <laughs> theater audition, I mean, film and TV and commercial auditions are completely different because maybe you'll get a chuckle or maybe they'll just be straight face and you're like, oh man, I don't even know how this is going. I can't even read the room right now. Um, but theater definitely keeps you like on your toes. Do you have a preference for that? I think if I could, I would, I love the freedom 
of like film and TV, especially now that I'm writing a lot of um, content recently. Mm-hmm. Um, I love being able to use what's going on in your daily life and the political, like the politics of just everyday life or just stuff that you would never say out loud, like the most embarrassing experiences, being able to put that into a comedy show. Um, I think that feels good for me. Like that, that feels like home. I think sometimes when I'm on a theater stage, um, I'm like nervous. I have anxiety and most artists do and they never say, they never talk about it. Never talk about it's it. Like a, it's like nine a, times out of ten. They hold it in, right? It's like that unspoken understanding. Oh, they try to. <laughs> it depends on what type of anxiety. They try to hold it in. Uh. Um, <laughs> but, like, um, yeah, I, I'm noticing, like, a lot of artists are just really in their head. And they're just not giving themselves the freedom to just be. And so, um, yeah, I, I find that really interesting because I, I too have suffered from like anxiety. So, um, the stage has really helped me, uh, like heal that part of myself. Really? Is it because you had to face it? You do have to face it. And I think the most like comforting part is you get to face it with other people on stage that are, they got your back. We say that in improv. Um, I got your back. I got your back. And they're looking out for you no matter what you do. Also, I think since it is Pride Month, and I know that some people may be dealing with coming out of the closet. Um, when I came out of the closet, that gave me a lot of anxiety um, being a queer woman of color. I guess with my parents, they were very homophobic at first. And then I think when you are also coming out, you have some inner homophobia yourself. At least that was my take on how, like, how I viewed myself and then how the world would view me. Um, so performing became something that gave me anxiety, like really, really deep down anxiety, but I just, I just didn't perform for quite a long time. Wow. Was it important for you to come out to your parents, especially knowing that how they felt? That was very brave of you. Was that important to you to be honest to them? So it was very important to the level of my life, which is my wife, Steffi. Um, I didn't want to come out at first and it was killing me that I didn't because it was like, oh, I'm living this secret life in Los Angeles in 2011. <laughs> but it was really important for her that she was in a relationship with someone that accepted themselves and wasn't in the closet. And she decided, you know, I did not want to come out that I she couldn't date me. And that just killed me to my core. I was just like, I have to come out not only for me, but this is someone I deeply love and have never felt this way in my entire life about. Mm-hmm. And why would I hold or keep a secret the best part of myself? Like, 
as a bisexual woman, why would I hide that from the world? Once I did that, it was so liberating. Um, it came with its challenges because, you know, um, my family did treat me different for quite some time, but they came around and are very supportive now. So it does get better, you guys. <laughs> so that was going to be my question was if it, if the, your experience was what you expected it to be. The, I'm sure you anticipated pushback or avoidance of your family. So was it worse than you thought it would be? Yeah. Uh, I'm Especially sorry. because like, you know, I feel like one parent you're very, very like comfortable with. And for that person, that was my dad. And she had the biggest pushback. Mm. And that just killed my soul. Like I just couldn't, you know, handle that because I felt like I was the same person. And I always knew this other side of me. I was just too afraid to show it in Ohio, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching the L word and seeing that and I was just like, Oh my God. Oh my God, that's me. That is totally me. Like seeing, seeing your Alice. representation on T V. It was it was a definitely a form of who I am. Mm-hmm. I wanna say it's like almost to the T. Um, but it definitely is a form of who I am. I think they tried to do it with the character Alice, but they didn't have a lot of strong bisexual representation on TV and they still don't. Um, it burns me up that the way people think of bisexuals is like someone who's not faithful, someone that would will leave you if they're with a woman will leave you for a man eventually um, i think the only bisexual on tv that i know is um on the cw uh clark griffin on the cw okay. i think she's the only she's the only bisexual character i know yeah i don't know i don't know are there others yeah, i don't know i don't think so Not yeah now. which hopefully will change one day I think so. I mean, I have a show that I'm writing and producing, and it's called Hashtag TMI, and it's going to be coming out um, soon. And um, probably in 2019. And uh, it talks about the life of a pansexual, uh, bisexual woman and how she moves around and tries to date, mm-hmm. and she has two gay dads. And she also lives with her gay roommate and they talk about being um, queer and being queer people of color and how hard it is in Los Angeles to meet people. And it's a great, funny show. It's like, if you want some real down-to-earth comedy that's just raw or you just are interested in finding out, like, what it is that cruel people do <laughs> this is the show for you <laughs> it's it's how you said it i'm like <laughs> well let me I mean, ask... we mostly do the same thing as everyone else but you know it's just more it has to be said i guess because i mean people take it for granted or, or make assumptions so you have to kind of put it in their face that way this is true because i i mean i don't I never see 
um, myself represented on TVs mm-hmm. at all. I mean, uh, when I did Bike Central, that was the first time that I was totally exposed to um, such a wide variety of the queer community because in LA, it's very separate. So in the Bay Area, it's, it's all about community. So just shooting that show was just amazing. And now it's on Amazon, so you guys can watch it there. <laughs> yeah, and we'll have the link in the um, show notes for you guys so you can check it out and check more of what Ashley's doing. Because you also, and, and I'm assuming it's because of your experience, you also formed the Queer POS, People of Color Queer Improv Sketch Team, Rainbow Bright Comedy. How yes. long has that been at, out? So we started back in 2017. I wanted to join a improv group. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, where are the queer people? <laughs> I mean, they are at UCB, but it was just like a lot of gay representation. And I was just like, okay, where are the other people in the <laughs> The rainbow, <laughs> where the L's, the B's, the T's, right. the T's, <laughs> who are they? So um, I had a mentor at the time tell me, his name is Mono, he told me to just create a group. And so I created the group and it had everybody at first. It wasn't um, a PLC group specifically at first. But then um, I realized that why we were in the group that um, a lot of the people, well, first of all, we did a scene one time where uh, we represented everyone, even asexuals. But when it came to the bees, no one knew what they did. So it was just three people on stage just holding hands and going in a merry-go-round. And I was like, oh, my God, you guys, this is bad. This is bad. I'm like, oh my goodness. But then um, a few other artists decided to go off and do their own thing. And they wanted to join like, um, like UCB and Second City. They all have like house teams. So a few of them wanted to join house teams. And I realized that sometimes when we were performing together, that um, some of the people of color wouldn't be able to speak or was spoken over. And some of the people that left and easily left, um, I really felt like there wasn't a real purpose for them because they already have like representation in the community. Um, So I was just like, what if I started a POC group? What would that look like? And right now, it's been amazing because most people are like, I've never seen a POC queer comedy group at all, like perform at all. So we've gotten a lot of great feedback and we're excited because this weekend at the Ruby, we'll be opening on Saturday night during the beat hour and we're going to kick off the queer comedy festival there. That's fantastic. I mean, good for you for... for being brave enough to put out a group that you saw an absence of and you filled that hole. I just, 
at first I just thought, you know, we were all created equally, but then when I when you watch TV or you see shows, it's not that. And especially in the improv community, um, it's very rare to see us all together. So the fact that we all get along and we are actually all friends, like we hang out outside of the improv team. I mean, definitely, Rio and I have been in so many shows, Girl Like a Girl, Like Central, and now this team, and another project. We've um, created like a family, and it's been great to, to have that around. I, I feel like I have real true brothers and sisters um, in the community. <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I know from Anne, it's not easy going through what you're going through as an actress. And on top of that, um, being a person of color, queer. And so to have that support environment, to create the environment that you didn't find was there, um, helps not only you, I'm sure you're helping others as well. Uh-huh. I hope so. I, I never thought about um, how I would be helping others, but um I hope when I see us on stage that um, we bring some light and joy into their lives. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you never know the power of, of what you do, what, what the small thing of you creating this rainbow bright comedy, uh, how that can impact someone, even just with your performances. Right. I'm yeah. always surprised by how this podcast helps someone. So it's awesome that you're doing that now. What I want to know, though, is how is how is it being an actress in L.A. right now? <laughs> it depends on the day. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the week. <laughs> you know, um, it, it's gotten better. What I will say is I'm excited to see so many shows and so much diversity that was, you know, happening. Also, being able to create on your own and going and seeing and someone seeing you um, and offering you a job is amazing. Um, we still have a long way to go. I still play stereotypical Black girls at time to time, and it's just so hard to be in an audition room and someone's just like, you know, give me some of, you know, you know. Oh, really? Girl, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, if you don't stop shaking your head like this. <laughs> <laughs> and trust me, it happens like once a month for me. I'm just like, ah, oh, I keep thinking that we have come a long way and then you set us back. <laughs> <laughs> We were doing so well. And then I went for that audition today and I shake my head. Yes. Yes. And it's just like, not everyone speaks like that. I was like, I didn't even know what a city was until like I lived in one. I mean. See, this is why you got to get more of your writing out there. (laughs) Yes. Help fight those stereotypes. That is seriously my goal. (laughs) Right? I mean, you're That's literally my goal. That's what, you, that's what you got to do. So we all agree. That's what you need to do is just go ahead and yes. it. one TV show episode, one movie, one theater play, 
at a time. Okay. Well, you have it on tape now. So now I'm like, yeah, you're on the hook for it. (laughs) You have to at least get the one you've written out. Maybe one more. Yes. And then you got to find casting directors and educate them as to why they can't do. Right. Takes a village. Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. Even though I love you casting. I love you. You do keep me employed. I just don't want you doing those examples for me. I got it. <laughs> don't worry. She she understands what she needs to do. You, you, you don't have to demonstrate. You know, one time it was really funny because I think all the black girls um, and my audition was just like, Ooh, we got it. We get what you want us to do. And they said that it's a Tyler Perry reference. It was the most ghetto audition I've ever been on. And I was so shocked how we all went in. I mean, because it was four rows. So all four of us was like, ooh, child. And ooh, I was like, oh. Wow. (laughs) And then... The casting director was like, all right, so you gave us about a thousand. Can you all you girls, can, can we just win it back a little bit? At least I'm they like, recognize it's a thousand, I guess. <laughs> I guess. I don't I don't even I mean <laughs> what? I know you're like, I don't even know how to take this. Yeah, and I wasn't <laughs> even there in person. I'm already offended for you. <laughs> I'm always like, what do the other minorities go through? Like, how did... <laughs> we'll have to ask Anne. We'll have to ask Anne. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm, I'm, I know she has stories. And she, you guys should be following these ladies on Facebook. Anne, in particular, does share some of her uh, audition weird things that she finds. Like, really? Oh, her acting tips? Yeah, act, she- acting tips are just the... the, the today's audition brought... And then, like, the stereotypical Indian. Yeah. Which I'm like, what is that? She's had some descriptions. Yeah, it's just, it's really weird. Because now that I live in L.A., before I was exposed to um, a larger geographic of the world, before traveling, before Ohio, I mean, when I was in Ohio, I definitely only knew Black, White, and Asian. That was it. So when I came out to LA, it was a huge culture shock. But now that I've lived here for a long time, I'm like, oh, guys, this is kind of borderline racist. I'm not even going to say borderline. This is racist. There is no borderline. But I'm going to do it. If you got (laughs) to say it's borderline, it's not. (laughs) Let that be a life lesson, folks, also. Let me just go ahead and put that one out there since she brought it up. If you have to say this borderline yeah, racist, it's probably not borderline. <laughs> okay, I feel like I need to do that public service announcement. Just FYI. Yes. Okay. The good deed for today. There it is. <laughs> there, there it is. Well, actually, let me ask you. If you think it and if you have to say it, it yeah, probably is. In life. Let me, let me ask you. Yes. As you're going through this and you're L.A., are you where you want to be? Are you happy with how things are going? Or do you see yourself relocating to, say, New York and pursuing Broadway or something like that? Okay, I'm not going to lie. A dream would be to relocate to New York to SNL. Oh, okay. Uh, I would 
love that. Okay, so work with uh, Leslie Jones, Keenan, um, Kate McKinnon. Um, that would be like a dream come true. Um, also, I would not mind <laughs> relocating to Canada to film any of those great CW shows up there. Yes. <laughs> Vancouver is um, a great place. It's a wonderful place. It's a great food country. Um, they shoot a lot of things up there and people don't realize. Um, I wouldn't mind. I, I recently shot a commercial and it was in Washington State in Seattle. And this was my first job on location. Oh, okay. It was my second job because I did some in Oakland. So, okay, this is my second job on location. But it was great. I love being on location. I love exploring in the city, um, you know, filming and just being away from LA only because LA is just so many people here that anything other than LA is kind of like, it feels smaller. Even though like New York is huge, it still has like its barrels that are like small where I'm probably just going to be in that radius. So yeah, I would be, I would go anywhere, honestly. To just be acting or writing. That's awesome, though. I mean, hey, that that opens up the options for you, right? So you sound like you found your passion, and it's it's coming out. Yeah, I think that um, I'm just happy that um, I actually know what my passion is, and I've got uh, I've had like 50 million jobs, so I'm not just still like like what I like I know exactly what I want to do yeah because I mean even throughout this I don't think you've ever hesitated or doubt have you actually you know from what we've heard up to this point it hasn't sounded like you've had doubt about what you're doing but to be oh, fair no, I have yeah. I, I have <laughs> okay so that's why I was like I have you know let me like check that studio partner and you're like broke and you're like ah I'm really hungry tonight you want to be here um, but you know what those experiences made me stronger because to be able to pull through that and be like, you know what, now that I look back at it and I'm doing what I love and I do it confidently and I practice it and I'm around other people who support what I'm doing because that's really the key. Like if you don't have a good support system, like especially with looking at friends, that have a positive outlook about your future and also their future and acting, it can be very daunting. So to be able to sit here and be like, yeah, girls, guys, holy girls, we are manifesting like our dreams. That's exciting. So when people ask me like, what's next? I'm like, I have no idea, but the possibility is just so amazing. I think that's, that's awesome. And it's a good good spot for me to find to wind up to the last question I want to ask you. Okay. <laughs> for for people who are chasing their dream, what is one piece of advice you would give them? Only one. Um, Max two. Okay, magic two. So I believe that you have 
an inner child, an adult self, and a mother. And your inner child is the one that's chasing the dreams and they believe that you can do anything and there's no limitation. Follow that inner child voice. Like, always be um, willing and fearless to just go after something that you want and don't be afraid to fail because in that failure, there's a story Um, and there is strength being able to come out of, you know, those no's or uh, not willing to try something. And when you do it, just seeing yourself come out of the other side. And it could be positive or negative, but just know that tomorrow's a different day and you did your best today. And then my second advice would be, um, Go after whatever your dream is just with all your heart and soul. And leave, especially if you're auditioning, leave everything in that auditioning because that's the best you did. And just leave it up to the universe to give you exactly what your heart is designing. That's some great advice, Ashley. Thank you so much. For not just the oh, advice, but you. sharing your story and being honest with us is awesome. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I, I love the podcast. And guys, that was Ashley Shine. You guys can learn more about Ashley and find the links that we mentioned on the show notes page over at amyj21.com slash episode 145. That's episode 145. Until next time, Dream Chasers keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with her on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram via at Chasing Dreams HQ. Or you can find Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Be sure to visit headquarters over at ChasingDreamsHQ.com for more inspiration, motivation, and resources to help with your own dream chase. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.